0: They sing by like a divas in the
1: night. Strangers, you barely notice them. Spanish, I see. What's up, all you professional hippies out there? Welcome back. This week, we have a special guest for you. Not special in some kind of the specials that we've had. This special is different than all the other specials. Joshua Kennedy is back on our show. If you didn't go back and watch one of the OG episodes, well, hey, that means we're growing. That's a good thing. Welcome back, professional hippies. <laughs> Who we are is kind of a conglomerate of your imagination or projective of your previous experiences. And that's just being displayed right now. Don't let the voices talk too loud. We like to go somewhere between professionalism, that could be stock market and hippie woo woo, whatever that means to you. But regardless, hey, if you're not hearing voices yet and you intend to, this episode's brought to you by, <laughs> you like that? I feel like that's a pretty good plug. Right com forward slash <laughs> professional hippies. That helps us. Um, I mean, it does support the channel. So if you want to trust strangers, that's their motto, not ours. I don't think you should trust anybody. Go to that website. They'll keep you safe. Joshua Kennedy, back in the- his eyes. What's up, big dog? How Welcome are back, you doing? Buddy.
0: Oh, I'm, do- I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I, I guess I-, I don't know. We could we could jump into it. overall doing super well. I had a very interesting experience about an hour and a half ago. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into that or not. But yes, overall life is super- is very very good right now.
1: <laughs> I want to hear that. I don't want
2: to.
1: So- that's not.
0: Go ahead, yeah, no. I was to say the, Go, the simple. Buddy. I uh, I, I just had a really strong miscommunication. I was at a co-working space over in uh in Ebor, trying to get some. Com- I was thinking about doing comedy later, but I was reserving some time. Uh, and it was a co-working space right next to the comedy theater there. And there was a uh, one of the uh, janitors there doesn't speak any English, and we almost had like a he like chased me down the street because I think I was trying to tell him like, "Are you going to be here in five minutes?" And he thought I was being his boss, and so he got really really frustrated. And when he was like. When he was like trying to communicate with me on like through an app, I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm not communicating with you right now. I'm just like, get out of my face, get out of my face. And he literally chased me down the streets of Eveborne and had to yell at him to get a- get away. So, outside of that event and experience, I'm and super, super good overall. <laughs> <We're> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a nice little like injection of life. That's just life, life happening for you, life happening with you.
0: For sure. Yeah. It was very interesting. It's, it's amazing how much miscommunication there was. But, I was like, you know, anyway, yeah, I'm g- glad to be on the, the podcast.
1: <laughs> and I, I didn't necessarily give you a proper introduction, but I think sure. that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you back on the podcast because I, I tried looking it up. Dylan, if you want to look this up while I'm giving everyone a blurb about it, see if you can find what number that episode was when you came on. Mm. I think it was about two years ago. At this time but since then i mean you've been up to some really cool stuff i mean we've really enjoyed watching kind of your creative process i think by nature mm-hmm. you're a creative human being mm-hmm. but in the last couple of years it seems like uh you've really given yourself the permission to pursue passions pursue creative projects entrepreneurial pursuits mm-hmm. kind of whatever is pressing on your heart so mm-hmm. I wanted to give everybody that kind of prep because i think our conversation well we're re- really giving you the platform but we mm-hmm. are just genuinely interested to learn about what you've been up to kind of pursuing all these passions 13 yeah. by the way
0: Thirteen. 13. Lucky yeah. number 13. Tomorrow's yeah late. yeah friday the 13th right so um yeah no so i think it's it's really sort of like sequentially it goes i would say comedy is first right so comedy was the first sort of like creative venture that i went into um so it's something not, like honestly like i really have been doing it for about a year year and a half um, I, I first did it at like 22 years old, but I had some like bad experiences like early on, I basically bombed sets kind of like my first, like probably two or three tries. And so it kind of like discouraged me from wanting to do it. But then, um, at about 29, I did it again. So I'm 31 now. I did it a couple years ago at what is now Saint, uh, shout out to, uh, Sunshine City Comedy Club over in St. Mm-hmm. Petersburg area on the beach, but what what formerly was coconuts comedy club. And so, yeah, I went there at like 29 and I just got up there and did it again and had it, had a little bit better set this time. And I think with comedy, man, it's it's an interesting thing because I feel like there's so many life sort of like, there's so many life lessons and things wrapped up to it, wrapped up into it. Like the more confident you are and the better sense of self you have, like the more better, like the better you are comedy, and whatever. So yeah, I was just at a place in life where I was a little bit, better equipped to do comedy. So I was thinking that's the first thing that happened probably in the last like 18 months. That's been like a huge creative thing that I've been pursuing that I've really like,
1: had a lot of fun with, you know? What, what made you want to give it another try though? That's what I was really curious about. Cause I, I knew about the previous experience. We talked about that and you, you sure. were like elbowing me to try and maybe go out and do a set with you. You're like, Hey, I'm going to do it. Or would you want to do it? I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah I think I think what it is, is is just like and I was actually talking I'm not, uh, talking to my grandmother about this is like I, I feel like it's less sometimes in my life personally and probably you guys have a sense of this it's less about like the actual thing itself and more about the journey of the thing, right. So it's like with the comedy thing, it's like more about like I'm just seeking things that are gonna make me grow as a person and also I enjoy it a lot too right. So so comedy was those thing is a little bit it was a hurdle that I kind of had to get over. Like a having previous bad experiences, but then also like hey, having like any level of self self doubt am I funny? can I do this? can I hold people's attention like all that kind of stuff um, and so I was just in a place where yeah i was I was able to kind of get past that barrier um and then once you kind of commit to it, you just kinda you know obviously you get a little bit more um you know, you just, you just get used to it. You'd adapt it. Right. So I'm um, in a, a much better place, but it's like, even the comedy, it's a, it's a journey in itself. Right. So it's like, I'm sure three years I'll have a completely different perspective than I do now, but it, you know, it's, we can even talk about sort of like the details of, of that kind of stuff, but like, yeah, you learn so many lessons, like comedy is a game or a life of its own. And then you kind of learn lessons along that, that journey too. So it's super interesting.
2: How are you coming up with a lot of your like, (laughs) how are you coming up with a lot of your like content right now? You know, as you because I've heard some of your clips are really good. Are you just like writing things down
1: like proper going on with your life? Right. It doesn't sound like like you're getting up there winging it.
2: Yeah, you're not winging it. They're like they're storytelling. There's stuff. There's context behind it.
0: So, okay, so that's that's interesting. So for sure. uh, So, I mean, I think in comedy, you've got sort of different branches of comedy, right? You've got more of like your setup punchline kind of guys. It's so like Mark Norman would be an example of like a setup punchline kind of guy. And then you have more of your storytellers, which maybe like a Nate God would be an example of something like that as more of a storyteller. And so I think I, am kind of more in that storytelling um, vein or, or branch, right? School of, of comedy. And so, and I, I grew up or I, I graduated with like a creative writing degree in college. Right. So it kind of makes sense or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, usually, but I've, I've kind of always for like the last like five to 10 years, I probably always had like these like little observations that I've made about just life or life experiences that I find some form of humor in, and then I'll just write it down on my phone and then try to develop it into a bit. Right. So then, you know, I could talk about individual bits, but a lot of things are just like, yeah, you, you just strike you in the moment and then you like, just write it down. And then later, like you say, okay, I'm going to sit down and explore actually what makes this funny. And then it's, it's less so. For me, it's less about trying to get to a particular punchline or try to set up a, a particular joke. It's more about exploring like the funniness that's within this particular observation and then just seeing how much material can get out of that, you know?
1: Mm. You find that certain subjects have been funnier than others, like something you thought that would be super funny and you get up there and it's like maybe difficult to tell and other stuff where you're like, I didn't think that would really land, but the audience response.
0: Yeah. So I, I think there's, there's a couple of different answers to that, but one is yes, absolutely. Like you go up there. Well, every night can be different. Right. So like, but, and, and it's amazing too. It's like how people, you know, people are responding not only to the content, but they're re- responding to the context, right. They're responding to, Oh, there's energy in the room already. Oh, there's like the comedian before was good. Oh, like I'm having a good time. It's the right time of night. You know, like, so there's all these other like little variables that go into it. And so I would say it's like, content is only a part of it. Right. The rest is the context stuff and the context stuff is like part of the interesting sort of sauce of doing the comedy because you never as a comedian, you never know what kind of context, you know, you're going to be working with. Right. So you just kind of get up and go. And that's where I think as you start to get that experience, you start to be able to work with that a little bit because you're able to like do more crowd work and like just be a little bit more like lively and and just kind of be relaxed on stage. So You can kind of like build it up for yourself. Um, But absolutely. Yeah, there's 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 things that you take up there that you like think will kill and don't do anything. And then vice versa. Um, but so much of it is also like kind of what you walk into. So
1: have you been on a pretty good routine? You've been doing it like weekly or like,
0: yeah, I've been, I've been probably averaging at least three times a week. Um, wow. To, so to really, to really get, to really get really good at it though, you probably end up sort of like get yourself into the scene properly. I feel like you probably got to be doing it at least like five times a week. So thankfully between Tampa, St. Petersburg, even Orlando kind of like I four corridor and you know sort of an hour hour north and south is like there's enough to pretty much be doing something every night so there's definitely better rooms to do comedy and there's um, definitely better rooms but there's enough rooms overall right in that sort of geographic area where you can be getting you can be getting up every night and like people do live for that you know what I mean like they are road warriors like in terms of Mm -hmm. like going to every mic and doing all that kind of stuff so
2: are you opening for like uh like when bigger comedians come are you opening for them like they book a comedian and and are you opening for them or are you doing what's the person that like narrates i guess narrates the night the host MC. of the night i guess yeah. mc so, yeah
0: so the host so yeah it's, it's interesting so host so i i think that's kind of my next phase that i'm stepping into right Is, is, is like hosting cuz hosting is a skill set in of its own um but mm-hmm. it starts to open doors up for you from like a comedy perspective right so there's it's interesting and and this is kind of an interesting thing and i'm sure there's a lot of other applications from this like in other art forms or business like business whatever industries is that there's there's two sides of it right there's a there's like a personal branding side and there's like a networking side in, in comedy so like everything else it's like People are the networking side is like, hey, are you friends with the owners? Hey, are you tight with the people that are like the inner circle at the comedy club? The people that have been there for five years or 10 years or whatever, do all that kind of stuff. And then that's that's a game or networking side of things. And then the other one is like the personal branding is like if you're Theo Vaughn, right, your platform as a person is so big that you're, be, you're above any of the sort of like the local networking thing because you can put butts in seats. Right. So I think as a comedian, probably as a lot of other you know, as an artist of a lot of different types is if you go, if you go really heavy into the personal branding and you kind of just are are present in the scene, you might be able to like, sort of jump over that in terms of like, you don't have to go through the, the processes in order to get to, or like the traditional, like the traditional format or platform to get the gigs. You might be able to like leapfrog that essentially. So as of right now, probably for me hosting, would be like the next step for me at like some of your major clubs mm-hmm. so like whether that's the improv or the side splitters or sunshine city comedy club which is a good club um yeah i mean that, that would probably be my next step so that's like on the roadmap, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not like it's not something that i'm actively doing right now
1: and what about the people like the other comedians that you're running yeah. into like so this is something that i that i've been very curious about for a long time
2: and mm-hmm. i have another
1: friend that's big into comedian uh that that space, but not close enough to get like probably a really true answer on this. So from my observation, a lot of comedians um, at at different levels are like pretty self deprecating, like either had like a rough childhood and kind of just hung on to stuff, didn't let stuff go, didn't do very much of like a quote unquote healing journey. Right. Which I know that you've been focused on is like being very introspective throughout Mm -hmm. your life. So how would you describe just kind of like the general feel of like showing up to these different, like, is there any kind of congruency of just like the avatar that that space attracts that you've noticed?
0: Uh, I think it's really of all different walks of life, to be honest with you um, in terms of the the people. And I think honestly, they, they're, they're pretty, they're, there's definitely some, some like level of competition going on. And there's, there's like some levels of like, there's some nepotism and, and things like that going on. But like, I think overall, like, everyone is accessible i would say in the scene but everyone is very like in terms of like there's a certain like if, is there one type of personality that goes that's attracted to comedy no there's no, there's not one personality that's attracted to comedy it's really like people of all different you know walks of life essentially um all ages like definitely skews heavily like a lot of guys so it's like probably 80 percent men that are that are in the comedy scene but there are there are definitely female comedians that are there um, so yeah, I mean, and actually it can, it can really help. It can be beneficial to be like a female comedian or even have kind of, um, almost like a, an avatar. And, and by like, if you're, if you're kind of like. You know, the Larry, the cable guy of the scene or whatever, like people know how to typecast you and know what like certain roles and, and gigs you'd be good for type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, It can almost be good to have that kind of thing that person, like a, a persona where people are like, hey, that's the country guy, the southern guy or whatever. I'm going to put him in, mm-hmm. in this room or that crowd um, or that's a female comedian. You know, she, we want to get some more like women on on the on the bills or on the shows or whatever. So. For me in terms of like I I don't feel like I have like I'm not typecasting any particular either brand of comedy or like avatar per se. Um but yeah, I would say like it's pretty diverse. So
2: what about the um so you're doing you're doing this three days a week and mm-hmm. you're saying you have to be out there to really pick it up five days a week, right? Mm-hmm. And so that means this club's probably open let's let's say sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy club right so that's three three to five days a week they're open i'm thinking of the crowd like are there people that are going every day to the show to look at or is there a pretty different crowd every night
0: different crowd yeah i mean it's it varies right so but there's yeah i mean i mean the audiences you can have five people in an audience and you could have 100 people in an audience so really just depends Mm. it depends on the venue and the event and the timing of things so yeah, it's usually different people um, I mean the, the obviously the people that you see just are the, the over and over again are the comedians right the comedians are the ones that are showing up are, are, you know so those you know sometimes those be like I'm sure like a lot of those people are their best friends you know as other comedians mm-hmm. and things like that have been doing it for a while um, but yeah I mean it's, it's pretty diverse so I, I would say like you know I've done personally I've done comedy like you know I've done comedy at side splitters which is in like over by USF in, in yeah. and I've done comedy at the improv I've done comedy at the gimmick in Ebor I've done comedy at Laugh Out Lounge in Winter Haven I've done comedy in Newport Ritchie I've done comedy so it's like I've done say I've done comedy in Sarasota so I, I've literally been like I said that kind of that geographic area between Orlando St. Pete and like Newport Ritchie and Sarasota that whole thing I've, I've done some comedy clubs there so that's kind of cool too from a comedian's perspective because you had to try out different audiences and not be exposed to the exact same people every week you know
1: are you doing like uh, how long are they normally giving you like five ten fifteen minutes
0: yeah between between like five and ten most typically yeah
1: and then are you doing that multiple times in the same night like as they do different hours or
0: you could you could do like if you, some people will try to double up, like there might be like on a Monday night, there there might be, you can go to like the gimmick and go st- you know another place or something like that. So there definitely are comedians that will do that. Um, we'll try to get to multiple mics in one night. I think that's a little bit more of like a bigger city thing in terms of like, I think in New York, that's like a, I said like a quintessential New York thing is like comedians will go from club to club to club. So they'll do three mics in a night um, just because the level of probably quality and the level of competition is so high that those people have to be constantly Refining, you know, getting their getting their reps, essentially, all that kind of stuff. Here, it's a little bit more, I guess, relaxed. There's probably fewer. It's probably, I would say there's maybe fifty to a hundred comedians in, in that in that area that I've, that I've sort mm-hmm. of like referred to. So it's kind of like of that group that they're they're picking from, you know.
1: Hmm.
2: Do you have like a, a competition guy that's like right there with you? You know, like a rival, a rival yeah. comedian.
0: No. So it's, it's interesting. I think there are definitely like, so there's definitely more darlings of the scene. Right. Uh, but I think, I think where the competition would come in is is like more about uh, like people that started at the same time as you. But mm-hmm. I think what I've, what I've also learned to appreciate though. And it's like, you got to find that balance of like being a self advocate and wanting to get spots and everything. And then also like just enjoying other people, like doing, because, because like people's comedy, like trying to like say, like try to put comedy in a box and be like, this is what, how you do comedy or perform comedy. It's like, there's no, there's no such thing, right? There's no container for what comedy is. So like everyone's mm-hmm. got their own sort of style. And so you can go through a night, watch 20 comedians and watch 20 different attempts at, at something, you know what I mean? So it's like kind of a cool, at some point you just like learn, you become friends with them, you enjoy their sets and everything. And it makes it just like a fun and like comedy, like comedy is a fun energy, right? Like it's people want to laugh and they're trying to make other people laugh. So even if it's awkward, it's fun right so it's like one of those yeah. things like it's it's a, it's a good energy to be in like on a friday night you know at 10 p.m you know what i'm saying so even when i if you travel i don't know if you travel like whenever i go to new york or philly or wherever i'm i'm like always like comedy club is one of the first things i go to so
1: for sure so speaking yep. of that i mean so tell us some of the other stuff you've been up to i mean we have the, yep. the music as mm-hmm. well yep. right so I'm, I'm curious to segue into that kind of yep. tell me tell me about what that journey's been about yes
0: yeah, so it's, it's really interesting So the music thing. Um, so i'm like you said i'm a big person like i'm a big believer um like i'm that that like you kind of get guidance from either the universe or god or whoever One. whoever however you want to whatever you want to say that <laughs> whoever's is, <right>? doing
1: it <laughs> yeah
0: something's <laughs> out there right so like i kind of felt like there was some like the direction for me to go into like the music thing and you know, it was kind of something i was like hey well not really something I had thought about before and and whatever, but Hey, I'm like, I'm willing to, to give it a try. So I I started doing it and and practice writing and for like the first six months to to years. So I I probably started at like 29. So about a year and a half or two years ago I started and, uh, and yeah, it's really awful. The first like six months or 12 months, the music was terrible. (laughs) And then, uh, and then, yeah, I, I think just like a kind of a switch clicked in something, something happened and the music started just sounding better. I found the right, like producer I found the right sort of style or whatever and even I feel like let's say if I started making music that I'd let people listen to in the past like seven or eight months I'd say it's really the past like three months to four months that I've been making music that I'm sort of more proud of right and then I feel like that feels like feels like me you know what I mean so that's like a I sort of feel like I found my tone or my voice or whatever you want to call that in music and uh yeah that's so that's kind of a that's an exciting thing for me
1: so. Is it heading in like a direction, like a, a genre of music that appeals to you most or are you still kind of in this experimenting with different sounds and tones and vibes?
0: Yeah, so it's definitely so if, if you guys are hip hop fans, it's definitely sort of in like the Joey Badass, Marlon Craft sort of lane of music. Um, even like a guy named like a Call Me Stevie Ray on, on the West Coast and stuff like so it's like soulful sort of hip hop R&B um and, and think i think it's a lane that i can kind of get away with too because i think trying to be like a mumble rapper at 31 isn't going to exactly <laughs> is that <laughs> like, is, is, it like is, it, is it exactly like a viable it's not it's not like a viable lane for me so i think like i'm settling into something that's more r&b soul hip-hop so i, I can incorporate some more of my singing talent into if there's ever a, you know, opportunities to like, kind of do like rapping stuff, which, I'm just, like I said, I think, I'm, I think I'm veering a little bit more away from the rapping, more like talking and then, and then kind of singing. So
2: less, less, you don't have to get as many face tattoos. You know, you can be more like gold chain. <laughs> style. <Oops.
1: laughs> well, in all fairness, how long have you had the guitar tattooed on your arm? Uh, I probably four or five years. Yeah. <sighs> so you've been at it for a bit. You've at least been dedicated to the brand, to the idea
0: of music yeah not this yeah two it's really been two years and then like i said it's been 18 months and then like the last really like three to three to four months have been like actually like i play it and like people you know it's hard and this is an interesting thing i think too for everyone is like like hearing your own ear your own sense of something so like let's say comedy like am i funny right it's like it, it, can I, can I, is my filter or my radar for like, what is funny? Is that actually funny? Or like, is my sense of music, what sounds good? Is it actually good? Right. To other people. And thankfully, like I, over the last, I did a, I performed a couple songs last night in front of a crowd. And then, um, you know, I've had just people listen to it randomly and they're like, yeah, this sounds like it's on the radio, you know? And so like, that's a pretty high compliment. I think of like some of the songs yeah. that I've been making recently. So, you know, all written by myself, all no, no direction and no, you know, I'm even, I'm providing the direction to the producer a lot of the time. So it's interesting, but yeah.
2: Those two spaces. Yeah. Those two spaces are like literally the epitome of you have to trust your own creation and what you're doing. Cause I feel like there's probably points when you've gone to, let's say you went to three comedy clubs, you told the same joke at all three, two of the times you get good laughs at it. But then the other one, you get a bomb on it in your head. You're like, Screw you guys! I know that's damn funny.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's what's well, so interesting because like, I I think it's like broadcasting yourself to the world, right? And so it's 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 a weird relationship with like people. Like Dave Chappelle is hilarious, right? But Dave Chappelle is also Dave Chappelle only, right? And like that's the thing is like people respect, respond, and trust people who are authentic. So it's, it's like, it's like that thing. It's like, you almost have to be, I feel like it's, it's almost like being a leader, right? Like you're, I'm leading in auth- authenticity with the mm. comedy or I'm leading with authenticity in the music. And then people respond to that authenticity, if that makes sense. So like, it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect technically or perfectly whatever, but if I'm okay with how it sounds and I'm okay with my delivery of it and all that kind of stuff, then I feel like people are a lot more inclined to respond to it in a positive way. You know, it's just like something, even I, I heard of a Jack Harlow quote where he was saying something like, at some point I stopped rapping and just started talking. And it's like, it's like when you get to that as an artist, I think there's a level of comfort that you get to that, uh, yeah, there's a level of comfort that you get to. And then it's just like, it comes through in the music or whatever you're creating. Mm.
1: What's been the scariest part about putting yourself out there like that?
0: You know, it's. I, I think it's more about like the, it's more of like an ego thing of like me feeling like I'm not talented, right? Like, so it's not, it's less about the rejection and more about like, like what would really like is like, like, let's say that like being able to like, that I, there's a threshold of talent that I have to reach, right? Like that scares me. is like, there's an idea that there's a ceiling that I have to reach and like my innate t- like talent or whatever can only, I can only go so far right? So like, let's say that I'm like a seven out of 10 musician or a six out of 10 musician or whatever. It's like no amount of effort or work that I can put in will ever you know, break me through that, you know, break me through that threshold or whatever, that limitation. So like, I feel like that's, so if I would do something over and over and over again, that people don't respond to in a positive way, it starts to make me question like, Hey, am I actually talented in this thing? You know what I mean? So like, that's the biggest, that's the biggest fear is like giving it a hundred percent, and just falling short and like never being able to really like feeling like convicted that you're doing something that you're passionate about and should be pursuing that's part of your purpose or whatever you want to call it. And then feeling like, ooh, I'm actually not, I don't actually measure up in this particular, you know, creative thing that I'm working on. So,
1: yeah,
2: I'm wondering if like because I remember you were doing marketing, right? And mm-hmm. you were doing different things in that space. And I've seen some of your work and it's really, really good. But then you transition off of that. Right. And I remember you talking to me about it. That, you, that was something, like you said, you were like, I don't want to hit a brick wall on that. I'm worried about doing that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're still doing that, but it, I could definitely see you went through a transition to get away from that. And it was interesting to see you. Uh, I remember talking with you going like, you know, you were come to re- you were kind of going through what you were just saying, what you don't want to happen. It seemed mm-hmm. like, I guess you were kind of going through the process of realizing, like, I need to make a change in my life. This mm-hmm. isn't really what I want to do. And you yeah. started doing that, and now you're doing what you want to do. You're a lot healthier yeah. now. You seem yeah. like you're having a, a lot better time. You, you're yeah. seeing, I'm always seeing a smile on your face.
1: Yeah. You know yeah.
2: now.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think I, th- I, th- I mean, there's there's, def- there's definitely multiple there's multiple level levels and multiple layers to that. But I think one of the biggest things is that when you're when you're completely self employed and an entrepreneur, so like mm-hmm. you're 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 really reliant on like it works that trust muscle a ton um in terms of like finances and things like that and and whatever because if you're paying people and you have outstanding you know if you have you have overhead and all this kind of stuff and then you're on the hook for it but then your clients aren't paying you and stuff so like there was just a period of time where i went through where i was getting dragged through the self-employment thing where it's just like people were paying two three months late you know seven significant um, amounts of money and so cash flow was just all messed up and so when your cash flow is messed up, it's like that stability sort of structure in your life is like all not there, so it's really hard to create from a place of instability. I feel mm-hmm. like it's like when I had more stability in my life, that's when I was able to really blossom for lack of a better word um and then the creative stuff just because I had that stability taken care of, I didn't have to like my my nervous system wasn't being pulled around from like a cash flow perspective, you know what I mean so that's kind of like, yeah
2: huh opened up it opened up your world a lot more to like i have a base now now i can have a little bit more confidence and i can take care of myself and be
0: right yeah yeah inspiration yeah, open up i don't know I, I don't you know you know if you if you have like I'd, I'd, well, i had a guy owe me you know like 12 12 grand something like that and it's just like you know if you, you don't it's hard to it's hard to like if you don't know when money's coming it's really hard to like Budget and plan your life and and do everything when your cash flow is just so inconsistent. So I mean that's a, that's a big thing is like and that's why I I guess I admire like people that can have bigger companies and like you know have tons of employees and tons of payroll and you know all that kind of stuff too is because yeah I mean you, you probably get a lot of that stuff like I've seen it in businesses myself as a, where people will you know 10k whatever plus they'll they'll like literally not pay right and then people are in a position of like, well, I still have payroll. You know, it's like my employees, clients won't pay 10 K and, and, you know, I've still got employees and everything. So it's just like, it's interesting, man. So it's definitely, there's a level of, uh, I don't know, it, it takes a certain type of person to be able to kind of be able to go through that stuff and still like maintain that like sense of stability I thinking yeah. of inner stability, you know?
1: hmm Yeah. I mean that, so speaking of stability, I mean, one of the things we talked about, uh um, before we got on the air was sobriety. So what, brought you wanting to do a, a sober stint or changing lifestyle what brought that in um
0: i think it's just that i really started caring about the art um i really started caring about uh yeah so I, re- I really started caring about the music that i was making and i really started caring about i mean the comedy less so it's really the music is the thing that i really enjoy like i really love the music um so like just being in the recording studio is like that's like one of my favorite places. That's, that's my favorite place on earth, essentially, you know? So, um, the but I feel like, yeah, my, my, my ability to produce whatever art, or if you want to call it that, or, or just make good art, I feel like it's, it's, comp- it's, I don't know, compromise is a strong word, but I, I think I can make better art if I'm, if I'm sober. So that's, I just decided this year to to do that, you know? And I, and I feel like too, it's like, you know, just being, for me, it's, it's one of those things where like, you think about sob- sobriety or you think about like drinking, right? Let's say you drink only one night, a week on a, on a Friday or a Saturday, let's say it puts you back four or six hours or something, whether it's in timeout or like the next day, you're just a little bit grogger. I just feel I, I think control can be uh, like a neg- have a negative association or a connotation to it. So I don't, I don't necessarily like that world, but I think you just feel like you're more and like you manage your life when you have better, when you have full sobriety. Um, so whether it's from your finances or your relationships or just, Hey, what's things coming down the line in two weeks and three weeks and four weeks, like I just feel much more managed overall as a person. And on top of that, I think, um, you know, I think the the art comes out better too. So
1: was there like a moment, like a clarifying moment that came up for you where you're like, Hey, I need to make this shift or was it like something gradual? Cause it sounds like you made a commitment at some point in that timeline.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think. I think you know what it really is. So it's, it's again, it's like more synchronistic stuff, right? So it's like I, f- I feel like getting guidance. So I kept I kept hearing that song. Or there's a, there's an Outcast song where it talks about uh, no no drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear. Um, I can't remember what exactly what the name of the song is, but I kept hearing that song, and I was just like, I was like, you know what? Like if it's good enough for Outcast, it's good enough for me. You know, like like <laughs> <laughs> it's, good, it's good enough for Andre. <laughs> it's, it's it's good enough for me. So. Uh, yeah, just, just like, maybe there's something to this. It's like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm being guided or, or, you know, kind of encouraged in some way to, uh, to give up that kind of stuff so I can make, make better music, you know, how long has it been now? So, so I think my relationship with it is, uh, what I've done is I, if I go on vacation, I'll have a couple of drinks, right? So, uh, when I've been, I, this year, uh, so I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much the full year um so off 2023 like for, in terms of like when i'm at home um so when i've been to atlanta or i don't think i drink in new york at all but there's like there's one or two vacation or times i've been out of, out of the city or traveling where i've had a, a few drinks overall but it's been very very light intake the, pretty much the entire year um so yeah that's kind of it's kind of how it is but yeah I, I mean i'm enjoying it i don't feel like i miss anything I, I rarely go out to on like a friday night or a saturday night anymore um it's like a downtown or anything it's just I, I'm, I'm more like writing music in my in my in my house and, and or going to a cabaret bar and, and chilling out for a little bit. Yeah, it's a different it's a different pace of life for sure. Than, you know, obviously,
2: not fighting guys with face tattoos this time, <laughs> or or janitors, <laughs> or janitors, or, yeah. or janitors. I
0: was ready to lose it all there.
2: That there was that time him and I were were out here in uh, downtown St. Pete. And there was a guy, obviously, straight out of jail, like prison, for sure. Like, <laughs> straight out of prison. Face tattoos, had a pit bull, yeah. like, just the the he jaw was, for. He was, it was, he was, I mean, he was typical he was just ridden. out of prison. Yeah, he was And his man. buddy was definitely a crackhead, for sure. And so, like, Josh is, he'll talk to anybody, but he goes to talk to the guy to kind of make, like, a reference to his face tattoos. Like, hey, I like them, but kind of also making, like, a little joke. <laughs> and the guy got... Oh, that guy got mad. (laughs) No, it was his buddy. That's right. It was his buddy.
0: The tattoo guy was like kind of okay with it. And then the other taller, skinnier guy. The crackhead.
2: The crackhead was like, I mean, he was about to swing on Josh. And Josh kind of was like taken aback, trying to figure out, process what was going on. And the other guy just started reacting to his buddy and was like, oh, he must have said something offensive. So now I'm also mad.
1: And now my the buddy dog is that. somehow getting involved because so the I, crackhead started everything.
2: I saw it going down. I just caught the Josh. I was like, we're just we're going to walk away from that one and go into the Josh. And he was like, Josh goes, I just said something about his face tattoos. And I was like, if you want to know what the problem was, that was. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You never mess with a man that's got a face tattoo or no. a friend <laughs> that has a friend that has di- face tattoos. Yeah. Say,
0: and it wasn't a face tattoo. It was
2: several face tattoos. Several face <laughs> tattoos for sure.
1: Well, face yeah. tattoos that are weird in nature. Cause that's like, that's like a woman that has fairly large tits and then has a push-up bra on and like extreme cleavage. And we'll get mad if, a, if a, anyone looks at her tits, you know, it's like you tattooed your face. You <laughs> you're putting something out there that you want people to pick up on, whether it's the swastika well, or the teardrop.
2: It was it was funny. I saw that guy, I saw those two same guys several days later. I went out that night and I went to him, I was like, Hey guys, I just want to you know, if something was said, I apologize for my buddy. You were cool, he wasn't trying to be mean, and they were like, Oh man, no worries and I was like, But just curious, you got those in prison, <laughs> I'm guessing, right? <laughs> and he goes, Yeah, I got them in prison. <laughs> really? I, I went out to a few days later and saw him and he he was they were like, No worries, man. And then uh he, I went out to goes, Yeah, I got him in prison. I was in for a little while. <laughs>
0: I love, I love, I love, I feel like that's, that's funny too. Is like the, the, that getting, giving job advice, like who's, who's advising the inmates? Like this is not yeah. that's, that's terrible for your prospects coming out of like, that's, that's just bad advice. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, like while you're in here, you just, just hold off on getting face tattoos. Like if you want to like, if, cause if you get back on the job market, this is not going to be good for you.
1: you so know? in your mind, you think inside of a prison block, there is somehow some, some thought of what, Getting back to normal life looks like they're like, all right, guys, should, you better gotta get our ducks should, in a row. Be.
2: There should be. So, but- <laughs> I had a I had a buddy that was uh he was in prison for like five years, right? He ended up getting all tatted up, but I was pin him while he was in prison, and he ended up asking me, like, hey man, can you send me uh you know the Flow Grown uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. logo? He was like, Hey man, can you send me the Flow Grow logo? And I was like why, like, please tell me before I send that. He was like, Oh, I'm going to get it tatted on. And I was like, I'm going to be a good friend and I'm not going to say any of that. <laughs> There's a lot of other ideas we could come up with if you're wondering, besides a prison flow grown tattoo.
1: But it, it can be pretty impressive how, like, good, great some prison some tattoos probably, come yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, a lot, not so much. But Kel, Cal even Kel's got a couple prison tattoos that look really good, you know?
2: And how they make them too is pretty crazy in prison, <laughs> putting the pieces together, and they usually allow them to have it. The guards, they're like, yeah, they're not. The tattoo artists usually aren't going after anybody
1: with a needle. It is <laughs> wild how they put them together. Josh, do you have any tattoos you regret?
0: Uh, so yeah, I mean, a couple. I've got some like chakra tattoos here that are that are a little bit lame. I feel like, but not nothing too, nothing too terrible. Not, nothing. I feel nothing like too-
1: chakra pieces. That's a good. That's a good period piece. That's a good time yeah, piece.
0: period, period piece is, is exactly, you know, it's a different mentality for sure. But uh, yeah, so, but that, that's the only one, but again, it's a kind of, it can be a talking point. And most people, honestly, whenever they see them, they think they're like for like some sort of rehab or recovery anyway, because it kind of looks like, like the Friends of Bill logo or a or, or symbol or something like that, which is like, <laughs> it's like the, a recovery like there's a recovery logo. Um, I think it's like, like friends of Bill, they say, with either like hmm. sobriety. I don't know if it's just alcohol, alcohol, sobriety or whatever. So sometimes I get that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's more just like a conversation piece than anything nowadays. Not, really, like, not that many people know about the chakras, it feels like. So unless like, <laughs> I can see
1: that, I guess. Yeah. I mean... for,
0: if you're in certain places, maybe Burning Man might be one of those places that they'd be able to pick up on it pretty quickly. But other than that
1: so this year I was super disappointed when we went, uh, Dylan, do you remember, uh, the first year there was the branding, uh, spot mm-hmm. we saw that in the yeah. book, get branded. Yeah. And so we had all these notions that they were going to heat up a brand and stick it on you. And I made it a point, we went very far of our way to track this down by very far, not really conveniently popped up. And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, snap <laughs> decision. I was like, I would love to have that brand on my body. And, uh, they don't offer it it was just ink we'll draw it on you just a little last stamp
2: this long you know
1: <laughs> but speaking of a period piece a burning man something i'd be down to to do you know that'd be a good like oh that's a bad ta-
0: decision burning man face tattoo there you go
2: our camp's gonna have josh doing stand up comedy for people
1: oh my god what a beautiful gift that would be
0: it, it would be, it, be. I would do it. The only thing is, is I, I would be like, I'd be interested to know what kind of crowd. Because I've tried comedy in more like liberal, progressive cities, and it is very, it's difficult to do comedy. Then it's gonna so be it's a like,
2: crowd you've never had before. That's yeah, what it, type of crowd. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and the beautiful part is, it
1: will probably be. It will like you could do. You could put a sign and say like live comedy whenever. Mm. At one time, it could be two people, and then another time, it could be like thirty. Mm. So. It would be really interesting. Like I've seen some TikTok videos of like a guy. Uh, He's like longer hair and mm-hmm. he'll like frequently to work his material, just set up on a sidewalk and do comedy for two, three, four people. Sometimes he gets a crowd and you can tell his materials. It really lands when like infectious laughter yeah. starts popping off. And then when you're watching him do it two, three people, you can tell it's funny, but mm-hmm. something's like holding them back from laughing like the way they want to laugh or the way they would laugh in a crowd kind of a weird dynamic
0: yeah it's interesting yeah like i it's 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 really really incredible too it's like how like your cultural social conditioning whatever you want to call it right there it's like it affects what people will laugh at you know what i mean like i think i think there is something to say like you got to find that line of like not hurting people or being so grotesquely like offensive but then like kind of like comedy is comedy you know what i mean like you can kind of it should be kind of an open game. You know, it's like, kind of mm-hmm. like the thing is, is to talk about uns- like un- taboo unspoken subjects to make poke fun of people, whatever. Like that's part of the, part of the thing. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. I remember when I was in Asheville, North Carolina, it was like super, I could not connect with the audiences at all because everyone was so I don't know, like they're, they're so sensitive, let's, let's say it, to every subject. So you felt like you couldn't approach a subject without like offending someone and like everybody was conscious of that. Every, like, oh, Community, like community-wise, you know what I'm saying. So like, did people did want to laugh, and it was tough. So Tampa, St. Pete is a much better area to do, to have some like open road for comedy versus some of the places I've lived in. So
2: were any comedians successful at that, like having to tiptoe around everyone's feelings there?
0: Yeah, you got to kind of, you got to kind of pander. You got to be kind of like a local comic there. You know what I mean, like you kind of got to pan it to the crowd a little bit and, and whatever, like you do trans jokes in, in, in Asheville, North Carolina, like regardless of how funny they are, like people are not going to laugh at you. You
1: yeah. know what I mean?
0: Like, and like, that should be one of your, if you're a comedian, you have to talk about that. Like, you, 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 you What do you make it.
1: jokes about? Like, man, those carabiners, I wish they would identify <laughs> something that works, you know, like I don't, what do you joke about in, in Asheville if it's, you can't like go for the throat?
0: Yeah. Uh, it it was all over the board man i can't even like honestly i don't, I, I could like i mean i remember there, there were people that like a lot of like hospitality stuff because there's a lot of like it's a big hospitality scene there um so like everyone's a server or a bartender or something so there was a lot of like hospitality kind of thing which is okay that's fine um but yeah i mean it was it was just an interesting place like you said it couldn't go through like any, any you couldn't say anything like gay you know uh you couldn't talk about anything gay you couldn't talk about any trans. you can talk about anything. it's like you've Crowd already work
2: was probably tough there
0: you, you've already lost 50 percent of comedy when you said <laughs> <laughs> two slaps subjects, you know what I mean so uh, it's just one of those things
1: but you're right I think like some of my favorite sets that I've seen are people that have like a profile uh-huh. whether it's the Larry the Cable Guy or like a gay black man or a woman like <laughs> people that can make jokes from their experiences that i have no frame of reference for you know like a woman making a joke about fucking an ugly dude and what it's like to be under him while they're having sex like that's those are thoughts that never enter my mind so like one you don't know where it's gonna go like you don't have an ability
0: like you don't know what love is until
1: (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) i was with a friend at a, at a comedy club and um he, he you know he had some uh sexual experiences that i didn't and uh, the comedian was like really going in on that and mm-hmm. i felt myself getting uncomfortable yeah, and yeah. um and then i look over and he's just dying laughing yeah. right well,
0: you, yeah, the irony is with um, discomfort right is that that like that's the balloon swelling Right is is when people are uncomfortable and there's tension in the room because when you pop it in the right way, that's when you get those big laughs, right? Because everyone, it's 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 you know comedy. I think one thing I'm I'm relatively good at is building tension, and then it's so it's like building tension and then releasing, right? Building tension, releasing. So that's a lot of how. Com- like comedy works you know it's like that's kind of like where there's the setup and then you're kind of getting everybody curious and like they're oh there's something funny that i can feel and sense or whatever that's out there and then the the, the punchline is the letdown where it's like pop that balloon so there's like yeah, some I
1: mean, sexual innuendos floating yeah. under <laughs> there's like an undercurrent going on here <laughs> for sure <laughs> you're like yeah. the context you gotta feel into it you gotta set everybody up right and then you gotta build yeah. tension and release you can just release yeah. on everyone
0: yeah well it's the, same, it's the same thing with music too um maybe it's just the way that my brain is like looks but i've, I've heard other people refer to it that way too it's like it's tension and release like the the verses you're building up this energy and this tension and then your verse or then your uh, chorus is like this high water moment you know what i'm saying Where like get like the big energy the big release like it's all yeah so i'm, I'm sure there's a lot of like you know symbolism in that that's
1: Well, definitely music. I mean, you see that with DJs all the time. Like, if you hear a song that you know, that familiarity, it doesn't necessarily create tension. It's the tension of, like, what's going to happen when this drop comes, right? Is it going to be what I expect? Is it going to be something different? And Mm -hmm. so, like, yeah, I I think that that's analogous to to music for sure.
2: (laughs) Or you could make the comedy show like a whole trance where it's like the whole comedy show is just the build up. And so it's 10 minutes. (laughs) And then the last five seconds drop it, and then walk off stage. <laughs> yeah. Or or,
1: uh, or pull who who's that black DJ that that we, Carl Cox pull a Carl Cox, Cox and just do a build that never drops. You just let walk off stage and no one gets a release.
2: He was he was doing an interview about his ten hour set that he did one time. No, it was like a sorry, it was I don't know forty eight hour set or something. It was nuts. Whatever he said it was, yeah. and he was like. Yeah, the first seven hours, I just we just I just I ran on this beat, and it's all about well, after that seven hours, at that eighth hour, you just drop it. And I was just like, eight hours. Good Lord. It gives the, gives the people <laughs> what they want. It's all about the story. What? <laughs> I mean, I love Carl Cox's <laughs> music. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh,
1: he even knows it. <laughs> we all talk about it, and he knows it. <laughs> Side quest on that. I got more questions for you, Josh, but did you know that Carl Cox was playing when there was a shooting in one of the venues and he was one of the last people cause he's, cause he's playing, right? So he's like, doesn't know, really know what's going on. And then a couple people got shot and he thought it was a part of like production. He didn't know if the production team had like set something off. And so people are literally like screaming, freaking out. And he's like, thinking, okay, yeah, the track's like bumping. People are digging it. And then the stage manager came and grabbed and was like, dude, we got to get you out of here. He's like, what's going on? They're like, people are getting shot. Let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're the center of attention in a
1: place with a gun. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. So look into the future, brother. I mean, what else, uh, you know, what, what's coming for you? What are, what are you thinking?
0: Uh, well, I, I really... So a lot a lot more content um on the music side I think so the comedy thing is a little bit more long long form uh in terms of like i think it's a longer game like you you have a lot, lot more time to develop it. the music thing there's only so much i feel like you know i, I probably got four years of establishing myself as like a like a, a real musician or a musical artist in terms of age and profile and things like that so i think i got i get, if i'm gonna make that my you know, my focus and I'm going to make it my focus and I'm trying to make as good a music as I can in that time and try to distribute it as much as possible and share it as much as possible. So, yeah, a lot more. Con- so like, there's, you know, as far as like people that, you know, role models and, and, and inspiration, um, like not specific the music, but the way that they market themselves, like obviously you got like people like Connor price and, and, um, is mm-hmm. an example of that if you're familiar with him, um, there's this, I mean, you, I don't know if you kind of go into like the, instagram musical artist portal or whatever because it's all algorithm based what you see but when you start to see do that you just see how all the people promote their music and what they're sort of doing so that's kind of what i think my life looks like for the next three or four years actually I have a song coming out i didn't share it with with dylan's the song there's a song called pretty girls um that's releasing not not tomorrow i have a song coming out on the platforms tomorrow but the following friday which i really like um but i feel like the, with the pretty girl's name i feel like there's so many opportunities for content for me to do like so i'm, I'm envisioning myself doing a lot of like girly things and then trying to and like um and such a, try to promote the song so whether it's like the days of the spa being like cucumbers and and mimosas and like would one down. of
1: those things be yeah. uh doing a march in heels
0: <laughs> doing a doing a marching yeah <laughs> doing a march of heels. whatever was all those things you can think about there's, there's tons of like there's a lot of content possibilities for that and um willing to commit i was even thinking about like dressing up and like even like dress or a wedding dress at some point too and and thinking about like trying to do it just to try to get some some eyeballs you know what i mean so um,
1: yeah yeah, i'm kind of going
0: whole night just for the
1: song right like it's all really just for the song you never (laughs) want to do that unless it's for (laughs) promotional purposes
0: yeah uh yeah i think it'll probably be the only time i I wear it if i get if i do buy it so maybe i need a rental.
2: I'm I don't know sure if he was big we'll enough to go on tour and now you gotta wear that song every time. Every time.
1: <laughs> Just say, you're stepping into your Swifty era. It's okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely definitely something that I think Harry Styles has done, not that I'm trying to take a, a note from his bug necessarily, but I think he's worn some dresses for sure.
2: I mean, I wear a dress if you pay me millions of dollars and go on tour, wear right. whatever you need me to. I <laughs> mean, low key
1: Harry Styles is the man. When you want to talk about a creative, I mean, I put mm-hmm. him right up there with what, Donald Glover. The guy is just mm-hmm. kind of like transcended, he just decided i want to do this art form, I want to do this role or whatever and mm-hmm. he's just done whatever he wants to do
0: yeah it's pretty he's pretty good. he's kind of like a i think he's the Bowie of our generation he that kind of it reminds me of from like a yeah, he reminds me of Bowie a little bit helps other the British and like pop music and are a little bit effeminate and all that kind of stuff, but yeah,
1: but how wild was it like in the golden ages of like beginning rock that they I remember listening to an interview from a, a front man in one of those major bands. And one of the questions was like, why did you, why did you guys dress up in women's clothes? Like what, what spurred that? And he goes, at a certain point we had all the money in the world. We had all the women in the world. And mm-hmm. we kind of realized that like the social constructs really are someone else's idea. And it seemed like a funny idea. So we just did it. And then we realized Everyone else is just kind of too scared to do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do. So it just kind of stuck. It was like another way of like, they're doing this performing art, but the people are getting lost in the music. And so it was just another kind of like transcendent idea of like, you can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Like we're living proof of it. The money, I'm sure, helped. The fame inspiring that looseness of ego. But so it's. uh,
0: Yeah. And and even I think trying to get down to the bottom because like, I know, I I know personally that I've got like a pretty, like, uh, I guess, like if I, if I take a a personality test or a, you know, like a, there's like various personality tests, whatever. I'm like, I have a maverick personality, personality, right? So it's like a natural risk taker, things like that. You know, so if you think about the comedy and the music, it's like kind of, it kind of plays or it kind of makes sense. So like the fact that I'm willing to entertain and I don't really feel like that nervous about it or that off about it, it's like, About dressing up in a wedding dress to promote a music video is like, it's, you know, I think it suits my personality in some ways, but then trying to get to the bottom of like, why I'm, why I would be willing to do that. Right. Or what the, what the intention is behind it. And at this point, man, it's like, I really would like to grow my platform and share my music more, like have more people hear my music. So, you know, I think like like fame in and of itself, or, you know, like that adoration or whatever, it's, it's nice to have some of that or people respect you, but I feel like I've always wanted to be like, I'm the type of guy, I don't really want to take my shirt off in a music video, if that makes sense, right? Like, I'm not trying to, like, draw that type of energy. I'm not trying to be like, oh, he's cute, or he looks this way, like, whatever. So I'm, like, kind of tuning in. I'd rather distance myself from, I'd rather create separation between myself and, like, what I'm promoting, right? And so I'd rather, like, it. Yeah, you know, I want you to evaluate the song, like, but on its own, independent of whatever I'm bringing to the table, right? I don't want to be a marketable person or, like, the sex thing and then... And then you're like, oh, I'm just listening to the music or that's a thing. It's, a, no, it's like I want the music to be the centerpiece. Um, so as much as I can make the music the centerpiece and help people and get people to share that with other people, you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of like that's where I'm at as far as like the, the motivation. You want to have
1: sex with people's ears, not their holes. No, those are still holes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. You just
1: want to penetrate people in a different way.
0: Yes, yes. If, we, if we, Yes, to, to come back to our comedy tension and <laughs> relief.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I get it. I'm here for it. And we'll we'll be the first to promote it. Why do you think people why do you think people like music? What what is it about? Cuz I mean this is something we've been doing forever banging on drums. What?
0: Yeah. Um so I think there's different types of music, right? So like I think different types of music appeal to people in different ways. So like I think my music specifically and maybe, you know, Dylan will be able to have an opinion on this. So you'll be able to have an opinion if you listen to it is I think that my music has like soul in it. And so I feel like my music, so I think the energy that like my music communicates or brings is like warmth, relaxation, chill, things like that, but obviously there's various types of music, right? So I think uh, one would be just being very present would be like enjoying something. There's probably gotta be a dopamine sort of kind of thing with with music too, in terms of your, and taking something pleasurable. So it's pleasant, but then, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I think probably, probably presence. And then there's like a, that, that, that harmony and that things that go into it. Right. That's just like that, um, pleasant sensation or the pleasant quality of music. That's probably like very like pleasurable dopamine type of stuff. I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think a lot of, a lot of like activities that make you present, right. Or kind of, um, get you in that flow state, right. Those are all usually pretty pleasurable things. So
1: What do you yeah. guys think? What
2: do you think? I, mean, I not, think I, you should make like, I think you should, I think you're evolving to eventually making the soap opera music like R. Kelly did. That's I think, I think that's
1: where, that's I think right. that's, that's gonna the beautiful like, part about humans. Cause that's not what I took away from that at all. But I I, did. I love that. That's what well, was running through my head. Yeah. I was like, this is where yeah, he's going to evolve to.
0: Longer, like 14 chapters of trapped in my closet. Is that what you're yeah. first <laughs>
1: I mean, it's just, no, music for me is a weird one because it seems like that as long as humans have been around, beats have been something that, that like, kind of transgress language barriers, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, it's a different form of communication.
0: Tell I me, mean, I should have sung to the janitor today. Is that what you're saying? This no, I like... think it's going to
1: be 13 chapters of The Laughing Stage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> people ask me all the time they said, do you want to co- combine the comedy and the art in some or the music in some way? And I'm like, no I, I really don't have any desire to combine combine the two things. you know, I feel like I want to have them completely separate that's ventures. That's too much
2: work. that's too much work. go on stage and you have to do like music in your act with the comedy,
0: and then you become weird al you become a you become a gimmick,
1: yeah
0: because you're trying to combine things that are meant to be It's like it's like I can't stand on my own. You know, like, mm-hmm. Jim, like Jeff, like, I, I hate to say Jeff Dunham, like Jeff Dunham's got his thing, right? He's he's a, probably almost a billionaire, multi-multi-multi-millionaire, multi, very successful, obviously great career. But again, like, is Jeff Dunham an essentially stand-up comedian? Like, quite questionable, right? Like, if he didn't have, if he wasn't doing his ventriloquist thing. That's, would it that's his part? way
2: of doing it, but it's like, it's, a, but like, how long is that going to last? He's on top of the world right now, but it's like Carrot Top, right? Like, Carrot Top was huge back in the day and he still has a i think he still has a, a a place in vegas where he still performs and he's still a top guy but he's not as big like how long does that last
1: you know but again like what big is relative like who gives a fuck that's right? true right? Yeah. so it's like what are you optimizing for and if it's sharing your gift with the mm-hmm. world whether that's making 10 people laugh or 10 people cry from your music or comedy then i'm sure those guys don't listen to this and go you know what? I never thought I was holding myself back this whole time. Let me just fucking change it up. <laughs> you know, it's like,
0: no, that's what I mean. like meeting dead Jeff Dunham and he's just like dumping out all his like dummies or whatever like that. He's like, I'm moving. He's like, I'm moving on, man. He's Sets like, him on fire. Yeah. Get rid, my... Get rid of my handicaps. You
1: know, yeah. Cause comedy by its nature and music, right? Like it has evolutions. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think the moment that like, if comedy became rigid or music became rigid and people were like, no, this is the way it has to be, something else would evolve from that, you know, separately. A lot of
2: music's become pretty rigid. I've been hearing a lot more of it, of like people have been like, over the past 10 years, it doesn't seem like music's evolved much. You're hearing it, I think, a lot more in indie music starting to pop up a little bit, but the music just seems to have been pretty stagnant. Well, because you know? I think that's people
0: right? It's like you're appealing to your audience. So I think, I think it's the attention span generation. I think it's the short form kind of things. I think it's like all that kind of stuff. And so like, you know, if if it's got to be commercial at the end of the day, so people are, that's what people are listening to. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of people, and and I'm I'm like this to some extent, like people just want music to sound good. It's like the same, it's like the same conversation we have with comedians. Like if you overthink comedy, like people are just here to laugh. You know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that like at the end of the day like they're just we're just trying to get a laugh out of someone and have a good time music they're just trying to like hear something and have a good time right so or it's one of those things where like there's a great simplicity to it right and then like so i think if you're you're not going to become an amazing band by appealing to everyone but at the same time like there is like that's completely okay to just like make a song that someone enjoys (laughs) you know know what i mean it doesn't be the best song ever (laughs) Like, again, I think it comes back to what Colton was saying is like, what do you, what's your goal here? What what, what are we trying to, what are we trying to do? like Oliver
2: Tree, right? He just put out what he thought was good. He was like, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. I'm just going to put it out. And it just blew up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Cool.
0: And that's, that's such a weird, that's such a weird thing too, is like, again, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, is like, as an artist is like, Trying to evaluate whether your music is any good or know whether your music is any good or whatever, and then like having that's like it's an impossible it's an impossible thing to do, right? Really, so like you just kind of again comes back to that trust thing. So it's like it's like with Oliver Tree, he's just like, yep, this is like what I got to share to the world and give to the world, and I'm just gonna do it, you know. And so yeah, it's I think I've kind of gotten to that. Obviously, I'm not Oliver Tree, but it's it's I've kind of gotten to that point of. Uh I was watching some of his videos or, or I was watching some Oliver Tree stuff yesterday, some com um, conversations podcast. But yeah, I feel like I've gotten to a level of comfort where it's like I've faced enough rejection, I've faced enough whatever to be like, you know, this is what I have to contribute. And so kinda of, not take it a little bit, but this is what I got, you know.
2: I've seen you face more rejection and five bars in one night than anyone else <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life and be not phased a bit. Move man. through it like water. Just
1: move <laughs> through <laughs> it like water, baby. <laughs>
2: be pretty good he's like i'm just practicing reps practicing reps baby that's all i'm doing
1: yeah you don't know but you're my setup for uh the next the next stage in life well yeah man so kind of uh you know bringing it bringing it back here so um anything else you'd leave us with or, or kind of you know pressing things for you right now
0: Yeah, no, not from, uh, I mean, obviously the kind of the the work stuff is I'm I'm like still heavy into digital marketing. So uh, Mm -hmm. still doing that from just like a, you know, that's that's my work. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think what I would like to do in terms of, um, yeah, if anyone wants to give me an opinion or or listen to any of the music that's listening, I'm just Joshua Kennedy on on Spotify. Um, I don't know if that can be shared in the notes or or anything, but um, also down to connect with other (laughs) people. Um, just to, uh, connect with other creatives, um, and especially people who have built like personal brands and stuff like that online and have like a good formula for doing short form content and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm interested in connecting with those people and that's kind of like the the next step for me, I think as an artist is, is really getting, trying to build that personal brand, um, from a music perspective, really particularly. So
1: Dylan, you want to head us out with, uh, the billboard? yeah sure thing um and also too
2: once your once your new song comes out we'll make sure to share it on our socials as well everyone can see it man i appreciate you coming on today buddy it was good catching up we got one more question for you yeah that we've uh, started asking all of our guests um you know if if there was a what's a question you wish that more people asked you
0: um that's a good question um (laughs) Not that question mm. specifically, actually. Uh, uh,
2: like, uh, um,
0: give me give me about fifteen seconds. Here we yeah. go.
2: And I didn't uh, smell good.
0: Like, I pro- probably probably something like when was it, like the last time that you felt most connected, or something like that. Like, because I feel like that's that's one of the things that I really like. I've when I look back at the happiest times in my life, or value is like when I was most connected with friends, groups of people, you know, had a lot of you know, active social life, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a good like, it's a good question for anyone. And I think it anyone can an- answer that in their own way. Is hey man, when was the last time you felt like super connected?
1: When was the last time you felt super connected?
0: Um I think probably most recently is when I'm in a um when I'm in the studio with my producer. Um is that we got a pretty good because we're just like we're thinking about the music, we're thinking about how can we improve this, what we should do to layer onto it or or add different things um, to that. And then, man, I think the, the best, some of the best times I've ever had is when I was about five, six years ago, when I was living in St. Pete, I was actually living with a group of guys um, we were sharing a house together and man, we just had so much traffic for the house in terms of watching Super Bowls and whatever. And I just didn't care as much about life that had fewer responsibilities. There wasn't massive inflation, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was just like a much simpler time. Um, so I was like really amazing, um, during that time, just having like so many, just having a community of people and feeling very relaxed about life. I feel like, so, um, there's, I think there's a difference for a lot of people between a 25 year old mindset and a 31 year old mindset in terms of like the level of responsibility that you have to, you have to take take on, you know what I mean? So it's a different, a different type of thing.
1: Definitely. If you're looking to get connected with Joshua, he's Mm -hmm. out there on the interwebs. You said it's not just Joshua Kennedy. It is just Joshua Kennedy.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that you say that. So I might, I might have to change I might have to change my name based on conversation because this the second originally there was JK. a time but I was thinking about just doing just Josh as as my name and then you just brought it up again. So I, I might have to make that there might be something in that. So that's something I'd considered before.
1: Synchronicities are out there. So Joshua yeah. Kennedy on Instagram or check the show notes. Hey, if you dig this, we dig you. Feel free to leave us a review that helps us in the algorithm. Stay in touch with you or subscribe. Wherever you're watching us, wherever you're listening to us, please don't watch me in my own home. That's the only request. Till next week, folks, we love you.
2: Peace.